0: Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to the Postscript Shorts, uh, a short story segment uh, that's built around testimonies from students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. And so we were convinced along the way that that we needed to provide you with stories from from people about how God's used them and what he's done in their life. And so we're taking time uh, every other week on Wednesdays, just like this, to share stories from uh, some of our students, uh, what God's doing in their life with the hope that it would be an encouragement to you. And so I have the privilege of interviewing a really good friend of mine and a minister in the college and young adult ministry. Uh, and uh, I'm so excited for him to tell you uh, his story. It's a, it's a blessing. And so with that, I want to introduce Larry Nguyen. And hey. spell, spell Nguyen for us.
1: It is N G. U Y E N. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound like it, but. How, ma- when, how
0: often do people mispronounce it?
1: All the time. What um, do they say? They say Naguyen, Nagayan. <laughs> um, So I get that all the time. It's normal.
0: Okay. So your name is mm-hmm. a, is a traditional name. Tell yeah. us where your family is from mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit how you guys ended up in the States in Kansas City.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm a Vietnamese American. My parents were born in Vietnam. And um, I think my mom was about 20 when she came here. Mm. And so um, the last name Nguyen actually came from, I did a little bit of research and um, I think they said there was like a king or a conqueror mm. back then. His last name was Nguyen. And so you see so many Vietnamese with the last name Nguyen.
0: Yeah. And so they, your mom, mm. did she settle initially? in Kansas city? Was she already married to your dad or they met here? So
1: how'd that work? Yeah. They met here. Um, they both worked at a factory. Okay. And, um, I think, yeah, they just, um, kind of kicked it off at the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's, and they settled in, where did you grow up? What part of Kansas city was it that you grew up in?
1: Uh, Northeast Kansas city. Yeah. Do you yeah.
0: represent the any?
1: Oh yeah. 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 I was born and raised in Kansas city, my whole life and, um, Northeast, uh,
0: it's a really special neighborhood, right? Like it's so unique in Kansas city. Tell us why the North, like especially for people yeah. who are listening that aren't from this area, tell, mm-hmm. tell them why the Northeast is such a unique place in, in our city.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's always uh, born and raised in Northeast. So mm-hmm. I don't really consider it like unique, yeah. but um, having now explored some other places. Um, yeah. Northeast, uh, we like to consider it the hood. <laughs> um, it's got, A lot of minorities, a lot of Somalians, Vietnamese, Asians, Mexicans, uh, food is fire. That's the big benefit to it. So the neighborhoods
0: for people who are, you know, don't know the area well mm -hmm. block to block. It's a completely different community of Mm -hmm. internationals. Mm -hmm. So like on one block you might have Ethiopians and the next block you might have Vietnamese Mm -hmm. and, and on that block, they're speaking in that language. Mm -hmm. And then like, along the major corridors, you've got restaurants and, and laundromats (laughs) that are kind of for different segments of the population. It's Mm -hmm. really, it's cool that way. It's a cool place.
1: Yeah, it is. Like if you go to my neighborhood, you'll see like, there's a ton of Vietnamese, my neighborhood, and then a block up, there's a ton of like Somalians, Mm -hmm. Mexicans. It's kind of weird how uh, a lot of the community naturally kind of like, lives around
0: each other yeah they people people like especially when we're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, migrants um people who are refugees lots of refugees in Mm -hmm. that area um it's much easier just to find people that you're like because there's there's a survival aspect to it like you're you're trying to survive in a community that's completely different than your own you don't know english or you don't know it well Mm -hmm. and it's just hard you want to surround yourself with people that make it easier insulate you a little bit
1: yeah is, yeah. that
0: how, is that what it was like for you? Like when you, what, mm-hmm. when you're in your neighborhood with your people um, that felt right.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we, we had growing up, we didn't hang out with a lot of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, I were really family based. So mm-hmm. hung out with my brother, my siblings yeah. a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, we did have one neighbor where uh, he was Mexican, but uh-huh. we played soccer together often, mm-hmm. but the way that I grew up in Northeast, we were very like protective. And so um, like going out, me and your neighbors was really foreign. That's, like, yeah,
0: that's more of a suburban idea.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> you don't know, you knock on someone's house, you know, with, yeah, you don't know what's yeah, going on. You might exactly. have interrupted
0: something really important.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. So tell us about your family. Okay, because mm-hmm. th- this is really intriguing. So you grew up in this very tight knit Vietnamese family. Tell mm-hmm. us about your parents, your your siblings, and then how you grew up. Like, what what was it like coming into your teenage years?
1: I grew up like I said in northeast, so the environment wasn't uh, the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was about four years old, and so. Mama was a hustler, you know, and she was um, just working her butt off trying to provide for the family. But my brother was four years older than me, and so he was trying to, you know, step up and try to take that kind of dad role Mm -hmm. almost in my life, and just wanted to help out, you know, mom as well. And so uh, my sisters, you know, they were sweet. I mean, I was the youngest in the family, so they did really well. Um, loving on me My dad's side A lot of them were Catholic And my mom's side A lot of them Were uh, Hindu Slash Buddhist Slash folktale mm-hmm. Like a lot of ancestor worship. Ancestry
0: worship Yeah I remember you and I Talking about that a lot In the yeah. early days At MBT When you first got here mm-hmm. Cause that's That's hard to watch You know Especially once you've gotten saved Like oh my gosh
1: Yeah I uh, There was definitely moments Where I had to say no mm-hmm. A lot of times After I got saved Yeah um, But that was kind of how I grew up and I was never pushed into any of either side. My parents, my grandparents definitely uh, practiced those religions more. Yeah. And so I didn't believe anything. And um, at a young age, I did always uh, have questions. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I was like seven or eight years old. Um, I asked uh, one of my older cousins, Peter, I was like, hey, Peter, uh, what happens when we die, you know? And his answer was, uh, it's like, what? You're only seven years old and you already think about death. And yeah. so at a young age, I kind of uh, brushed that away and kind of lived um, just for myself, you know, trying to make money, trying to please my parents, mm-hmm. trying to uh, like retire my mom. That was one of my big goals kind of growing yeah. up. Take care of mama. Yeah.
0: That's when you grew up in the hood. That's the thing <laughs> Like you. You got to make money so you can Mm -hmm. can take care of mom. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where'd you go to high school? Uh, North Kansas City High School. That's right. Okay. It was a culture shock. Yeah, it's
0: different. I remember talking to you about this because it was like Mm -hmm. way different than what you were used to. It was a little bit more of a a white bread community. Yeah. Yeah. Country boys and.
1: Yeah, for sure. It wasn't country. Um, It was definitely a lot more, I guess, if. If you say white, red, um, yeah, that's sure the that meaning that word, thing. kinda, yeah, yeah. So like northeast was a lot of, I guess, gangster mentality, kinda, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how, how I grew up. Like I thought being gangster was cool, you know. Yeah. I thought being tough was cool, and right. um, I think a lot of it was uh, my older cousins as well. You know, they were heavily involved in that type of environment, and so that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted. Yeah. You that know? was,
0: that was what influenced you culturally was mm-hmm. watching the way they held themselves and the way they behaved. And so when you ended up North Kansas city high school, it was like, yeah, way, way different than that. It wasn't a whole lot of room to be that type of person. Probably.
1: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had like one kid sagging and everybody's, Oh, I mean, he's, he's a bad kid. Watch out for him.
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> and so, yeah.
0: so, okay. So North Kansas city, you graduate from high school Tell us how you ended up, tell us how you ended up at church. Mm-hmm. Like what was the catalyst? Because yeah. it's kind of a fun story. Yeah. How did you end up at Midtown Baptist Temple? Mm-hmm. And, and tell us about what God did.
1: After I graduated uh, high school, um, I kind of hit like another season in life where I was pursuing entrepreneurship, you know, pursuing the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was, uh, yeah, I just kind of, trying to make, make a lot of money, you yeah. know? You're
0: hustling the way your mom hustled, the yeah. way your brother hustled. Yeah, you're yeah. so I dabbled
1: into a lot of things, Yeah, but it kind of led up to all time high where I went to Miami and, you know, it was supposed to be like a, a business trip, but really it was just more kind of like vacation. You know, we were like partying went to mm-hmm. the beach and so on. And uh, it was, I thought it was fun, mm-hmm. you know? And when I came back, um, I kind of hit another season in life where I just felt like empty and depressed. And I started asking myself, like, man, if this is the the good life, the American dream that I thought, right, why do I feel this way? And so when I got back from that trip, um, I started asking questions like, man, what is my purpose? You know, Mm -hmm. why am I here? Like, Mm -hmm. so what if, you know, I make a ton of money and I, retire my mom, like, what's next? Yeah, You know, and so I started uh, binging a bunch of books. I started uh, searching for truth. And there was a, a motivational speaker because I was into entrepreneurship. Sure. I really liked motivational speakers and yeah. so on. And uh, this guy had a, a top 20 book list. And so um, as I'm kind of searching, I was going through those uh, books and uh, I ended up reading like all 19 of them. And I thought they were like changing my life, Mm -hmm. you know? A lot of it was like prosperity, Christian. The guy was a Christian.
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But his number one book on the list was always the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like all these books were changing my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, there must be something fire about this Bible. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so on my own time, I started just reading the Bible on my own Mm -hmm. and just trying to see what's so good about it you know, and I started from Genesis and, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I, I committed to like reading a page a day and I think a month later, I kind of fell away cause I just thought it was boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> Never really clicked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, I was a server at a restaurant mm-hmm. and I met this guy named Noah. And, you know, I was just making a small talk with this guy. He was like pretty quiet guy and I asked him, um, what do you do? Yeah. You know, and his response to me was, uh, I work at this church, but if you want to come check it out, you should come to this church instead. Yeah. And so he was, so,
0: th- so this is weird. So mm-hmm. he worked at a church locally, Yeah. but he was like, if you want to know what Christianity is about, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to this church over here, mm-hmm. which happened to be our church
1: yeah, yeah, And I didn't know it, but he was really new to Midtown at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I did think it was weird because I thought I was like, you know, don't religious people want to recruit you to their church or something." <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I was like, "Yeah, I'll come check it out." And so mm-hmm. I wrote the address of Midtown uh, in the back of my notepad, and that was a Saturday. I went the next day, Sunday morning, and um, my first impression was, I thought, I thought it was weird. You know. I thought mm-hmm. there was a whole lot of like smiles and love and I wasn't really used to that. Yeah. You know, like the way I grew up, like I said, it was like a lot of walls built up. Mm. And so um, I sat down and by the end of the preaching, um, man, God was the deal with my heart mm. and I knew it, you yeah. know? And so uh, by the end of it, Pastor Sam uh, gave an altar call And he asked something along the lines of, um, if you don't know where you're going after you die, or if you don't know God, uh, raise your hand, I'm gonna pray for you. Yeah. You know, and I used to be super shy. And so I I think I gave like a faint, (laughs) raised my hand barely, I don't even know if he saw me. But um, after that he prayed for us and he said, man, if you raise your hand, come to the front, we wanna meet you, you know, and, I'm like, there's no way I'm going up there, you know? But man, I was convicted yeah. and um, God gave me courage and I walked up there and I met Pastor Sam and he introduced me to you. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, you asking me, you know, like, Larry, what brings you here? Yeah, You know, and my response to you was, um, I think adding a religion to my belt would make me a better person. Mm-hmm. Which is almost exactly how you said
0: it. You're like, (laughs) yeah, this is, this is to, I'm here to round out my life. Like I I need this because it'll make me a better person. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was really thinking it would help me out with business and so on. And, and I was still in that season, you Mm -hmm. know, and your response to me was, um, Larry, I'm sorry to let you down, but if it's a religion you're looking for, uh, we don't have that here for you. And so that was kind of like a, like a, paradigm shift for me. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, I always wore a cross on my neck, but I never, the concept of like relationship uh, never um, clicked to me. I never even thought about that. Yeah. And you had told me how I could know God personally. And so I was like, okay. And so me and you sat down together and man, you shared the gospel with me. And that was for the first time um, I heard it. Mm-hmm. and uh I cried out to the lord that morning to man save me mm-hmm. and i didn't know at the time but man a lot of people were like congratulations bro yeah right and i'm like what does guy talk <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but, i remember that day you you had to go to work so you didn't mm-hmm. come down to the college young, young adult ministry and mm-hmm. i i invited you and he said okay I, i'm gonna try to be there and um mm-hmm. I think it was maybe a week or two later that you showed up. But I remember um, after you you professed Christ and you accepted Christ, Mm -hmm. and Kaya, we prayed for you. The whole ministry prayed for you that Sunday. And um, man, it's been wonderful the last few years watching God work in your life. So we know we didn't talk about this at the beginning of the episode, but maybe Mm -hmm. you can reintroduce yourself yeah, as the person who's been saved. Like maybe, maybe now is your opportunity to say all the ways in which God's using you in ministry and, and um, what God's doing in your life to give people a new picture of, of who you are after Christ.
1: Yeah. So it's been uh, three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got saved February 2019. And um, man, I'm uh, trusting God for my family. Uh, I'm so thankful. Man, when I got saved, like, I just want to see them get saved, mm-hmm. you know. And I got to see like my brother and my sister make a profession of faith, and mm-hmm. so now um, I'm plugging in as much as I can, yeah. you know. And I'm discipling right now. I'm a part of Friends of Internationals, and I'm just trusting God to see uh, more souls yeah. saved and to see uh, disciples of. Tell us, all tell the world. us
0: um, what God's, you, how God's using you in Friends of Internationals. What is that ministry? Maybe not everybody knows about what that is.
1: Yeah. So, um, it's, we are friends of internationals. Uh, we, you know, the goal, so it's a organization under a campus, mm-hmm. but, um, we, the goal is to then build relationships to love on these internationals. Cause there's so many internationals around the world that, um, are coming everywhere, yeah. you know, India, Taiwan, Japan, yeah. coming right here to Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. And so we get to, um, be friends to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so we have like an event tonight, a uh, conversational English, where there's gonna be a whole lot of internationals coming out. Just and, to
0: speak English with you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they wanna speak English. A lot of them, when they come, they're scared, Yeah, you know? And so um, we get to love on them and share uh, Christ with them. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to, man, be a friend so that we can introduce them to, man, Jesus. Yeah,
0: that's so good, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're discipling and you're involved with Bible study and mm-hmm. God's doing all this cool stuff. And you, you know, when, when you first got saved, I mean, you were probably what um, you were in, um, maybe just finishing up with discipleship when your brother passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was a super big test for you. That was, that's no joke, man. That, that rocked you big time. Mm-hmm. T- tell us about um, mm-hmm. wh- how God used that in your life and what that
1: season was like. Yeah. Um, man, it, I'm so thankful that uh, man, God saved me that day because my brother was like, me and him were tight. He was like my best friend and my dad in mm-hmm. a sense too, like my role model. Yeah. And so after I got saved, uh, he was like the first person that I was trying to share uh, the gospel with, you know? So I invited him out uh, a ton and long story short, uh, man, he uh, made multiple, of the faith. Yeah, and he was. It uh, wasn't.
0: It didn't stick the first time and the second <laughs> time, but he kept.
1: Yeah, he kept making sure that that he knew
0: Christ. Like it was a, it was a big deal to him. Mm-hmm. Even though he was kind of in the world and struggling mm-hmm. with worldliness, it was like he knew that that God loved him and mm-hmm. Christ was his savior.
1: Yeah, by the, by the end of his life, man, his uh, salvation was clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was one of my biggest joys because when I was in Vietnam, he would come out. You know and but mm-hmm. without me, and he loved the prayer nights. But um, yeah, for a question, uh, God prepared me big time for uh, him passing, you know? And um, uh, to keep it brief, uh, man, God gave me Job, you know, in my quiet time, mm-hmm. and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I heard of uh, the passing, I was actually supposed to preach for a big group, and I was meditating just on Job and on the message, not knowing why,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but when I got the, uh, the news, man, it broke me, but I'm, I've just been meditating on Job and I'm like, man, that's why, Yeah, you know? And so um, it was hard. I didn't respond anywhere near Job, but um, man, God grew me uh, uh, so much in that. And looking back, like, be, because my brother passed, man, I got to have so many open doors with my family. Um, my uh, oldest sister uh, made a profession of faith like three weeks ago, mm. finally. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, she, she did make a profession of faith, but I'm still trusting God for, to confirm that. Yeah. But there's just been like so many uh, open doors and just being able to, um, prioritize souls more. Yeah, You know, it's like different kind of outlook. Like life is short, you know, yeah. and never know. How does the LFBI help you? What's mm-hmm.
0: how, you know, you're taking classes and, and you're, you're doing stuff like that. How is it preparing you for um, what God's doing in your life?
1: Yeah, um, so I started taking LFBI, uh, I think early 2020. Mm-hmm. And so um, the first class I took was sevens. Mm. <laughs> and man, LFBI has impacted my walk tremendously. Like just being able to uh, have reinforcement on like why we believe the things that we believe. Like being able to go through uh, manuscript evidence and just seeing all these crazy things. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, oh my You know. And the sure. same thing with sevens. It's, it's yeah. like just all the crazy like numerology and mm-hmm. like there's a lot of, I'd say, practical things in LFBI. And I think like for me personally, just how I'm discipling right now, like there's a lot of questions that come up, you know, and um, I'm able to give a reason why uh, Mm. we believe what we believe. And so that's a huge uh, blessing.
0: And you're working through a call on your own life um, that LFBI hopefully is equipping you for. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you praying for right now in terms of your own, you know, own future in, in, in your walk with Jesus? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm discipling right now. Uh, I want to trust God for uh, my disciple to grow and, mm-hmm. and make more disciples, yeah. you know? And um, I recently uh, transitioned to another Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so that's been super exciting. Um, one of my friends just came back and so as of right now, I'm just trusting God to man, dial down on uh, Friends of Internationals, yeah. my Bible study. I want to see, uh, man, I split hopefully by the end of this year or whatever. Start a new Bible study. Yeah. 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 I'm
0: praying for that too, man. Mm-hmm. It was just like, what, maybe three months ago I met with you and Andy, you had just started the new Bible study. It was just the two of you. At, mm-hmm. And there was maybe a couple of other attenders that were infrequent. Mm-hmm. And you were like, what do we, oh my gosh, it's just, there's not, we don't have, it's not, we don't have any resources. It's just the two of us. What is God going to do? And there was a little bit of fear and we prayed through it. Yeah. And now it's four months later. How many people are are coming to your Bible study?
1: Man, uh, we have guys off and on, but every time we haven't had a Bible study that I would say, like last time we had, I think it was six, Uh six or seven of us. That's what the average right now comes and goes, but we're trusting God for faithful men. yeah. God's at work.
0: Yeah, it's very cool, man. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for your leadership, your growing leadership. It means a lot to me. It's, it's wonderful for Kaya. It's wonderful mm-hmm. for MBT. And it's a blessing to have growing leaders like you in, uh, in LFBI. Yeah. you for you, man. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. I got it. I had a special appointment for you and me that day in February. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was one of the great privileges of my life was to sit down with you that day. It means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you listen to this show? Oh, yeah. what, uh, what?
1: Uh, is your favorite episode of the Postscript? Man, so I was thinking about it. Um, so I like, personally, I love Kenny. Yeah. So any episode he's in, any LFI class he teaches, I am i gotta be in there. Right. But I love, um, so I was re- listening recently to just discipleship and uh, the cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. So Kenny did a couple uh, series on that. Yeah. And then I really like uh, Mark Trotter. Just oh yeah. him sharing his story like long hair. Oh yeah. The
0: Jesus freak episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that one a lot too. Dude. Yeah. Any,
0: any of the Mark Trotter episodes, those get, those get tons of play. Mm-hmm. Dude. I love you, man.
1: I'm love grateful you
0: for you. Thank you so much for hanging out doing this. This is still kind of new. The whole
1: give people giving their stories. Yeah. Do you like this? It's a little, a little scary at first. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dude. definitely different. You know, you got all the lights going on. Yeah, and, yeah. We,
0: we try to make it professional, but you did a good job today. Larry, thank you so much for
1: being on the show. Man, it's a privilege, thank you. Yeah, and we want to thank you too uh,
0: for joining us for this episode of the Postscript Shorts. I'm still getting used to saying that. That's, that's a new thing for us. And we love the idea of sharing testimonies with you. And we're hoping to, to build up a bunch of these stories uh, in a way that would benefit you and benefit and grow your faith, and so we love you. We're grateful for you. Uh, we want to to remind you again that LFBI uh, is a, man. It's a school um, that is built to be affordable, to be flexible, but most of all to be faith giving and life giving. And so we have we have been blessed with the opportunity to build a school that is easy for people to be a part of. Uh, Simple to fit it in their life, but very, very challenging in terms of its rigor and the expectations. And so we want to invite you to come be a part of what we're doing uh, as a way of growing your own ministry, growing your own leadership capacity, and ultimately learning what it means to be a missionary in your own community and serve your local church uh, to the best of your abilities. And so uh, check out lfbi.org, check out the postscript. We love you and we can't wait to be with you again next week. God bless.